Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me as always, not always, but sometimes is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Rolling great. Should we let them peek behind the curtain? What's the curtain? Uh, the curtain is this is the first one recording, but I don't oh. think it, it might not air for a while. Who knows? Yeah. Yes. Maybe it'll are... be the first one there. We have we, we had a debate. I yeah. said, let's go random because that makes more sense. You said, no, let's do 32 to one. I said, well, some of the teams I don't want to do until for the season. You don't listen to what I say. I don't really listen to what you say. We don't have great communication. <laughs> yes, all true. We need a podcast therapist. Zach, are you a therapist? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> well, I think we need Dr. Amanda to come on maybe during the season do some podcast therapy. All right. Well, that's so you just uh, mentioned our guest, uh, Zach Sosna, back for <laughs> I, I think he's been here since 2015, since the beginning. Is that right? Yeah, many times. Yeah, I was on the first year that you uh, you guys did these uh, these preview casts. Yeah. Have you been on every one, though? All but last year, I think. What we do last year, we just talked about the Bengals without you. Yeah, you did mm-hmm. like a five minute, I think, little thing about them. You didn't think they were relevant. Yeah, I mean, they weren't. <laughs> uh, and, and then how things changed. I mean, you know, listen, the Bengals had gone it's America's longer. team. America's the ba- team. They the Bengals no had gone longer than any franchise in American sports since their previous playoff win. You know, even longer than the Lions, even longer than, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates or whatever. Um, and then they had that magical postseason run last year. And, you know, if not for a Logan Wilson holding penalty in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl you were leading, you might be wearing rings right now. It's like crazy, the dramatic turn that this team made very, very quickly. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been great. We've, we, we, we haven't had much success in any Cincinnati sport. I think one of the longest droughts now is the Reds. So, um, it's great. It's, it's, it was a fun run. I it was, I was at the Super Bowl, so it was really fun to be there. And was it a holding call? Should it have been a holding? I don't know. Uh, let me ask you a question. Um, you know, you mentioned other Cincinnati sports, which is really only the Reds. I mean, you have Cincy and Xavier, obviously, in college basketball. Um, is there anybody like you? to MLS. Any, any old timers? What, the Columbus crew? The no, they have their own team now. They yeah, have their own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry. FC Cincinnati. I forgot about them. Yeah. Well, let me, I mean, are, are people in Cincy fans of like the Blue Jackets or or, or I mean, Ohio State, I guess there's a lot of people who are. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely Blue Jacket fans, but it's not like huge. It's all the Reds and the Bengals um, and then college basketball. Not a so huge. My NBA. other question was, yeah, yeah, do you have any like really like any like great grandparents who are Sacramento Kings fans because of, you know, the Cincinnati Royals and Oscar Robertson in the 1950s and 60s. Um, some, but no, it's more they were just Oscar fans. 
mm. you know so they yeah. didn't really once the team left no one no one followed it was just nobody followed them to kansas city and then to omaha and then to sacramento <laughs> No, I think that I think that that, that didn't we they didn't make it. Yeah, not that you uh, they lose some fans along the way. Um, you know, I've mentioned this before on the podcast and my, my son, uh, Kobe, home from uh, camp today, a little bit sick. He is seven years old and he's like a huge Bengals fan. Kobe, who's your favorite wide receiver? He's too embarrassed to talk on the microphone. He, he mm-hmm. ran off. But, um, it, it, you know, Zach, how, how weird is it that this team that is like forgotten about and ignored and like, you know, if you rank the 32 NFL teams in clout for most of the, you know, most of our lives, the Bengals are in the bottom five. All of a sudden, like you have fans everywhere. You you see like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow jerseys like on the streets of Manhattan. It's it's strange because like 10 years ago, I'd be walking around with like Chad Johnson thinking like, oh, he's this really popular player that everybody has to love or like Rudy Johnson or these these great old timers that nobody could have cared less about. And now it's like Joe Burrow has changed the entire mentality of the team. And, and you see, you're right. You see people who are like Joe Burrow fans who are being talked about on ESPN, you know, and on Twitter. It's, it's awesome. It's really cool, but it's very strange. I mean, it's, you know, it's a little bit like the beginning of the Chiefs era where you had Mahomes and Hill. And people like Mahomes, but I, I think Mahomes has a little bit of a LeBron thing where we just have to kind of like argue about him all day. With LeBron, it's his like ability on the court. And with Mahomes, it's a little bit like just calling him corny and hating on his brother and stuff like that. Um, but Tyreek is so unlikable that he's not like popular. You know, he's an amazing player, but he's not popular. Whereas here, it's like you have you have the quarterback and the receiver. In some ways, maybe they're like, I don't want to say more, expl- more explosive, but I feel like they had more big plays this year than like Tyreek has ever had in a season. And Chase is very likable, you know, so it's you have both guys here. Both ends of the equation are are like obvious stars. Yeah, their friendship is really fun, too. They they feed off of each other. They make fun of each other. Like you think that you and your friends would make fun of each other. It's 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 really fun. Yeah, Joe Burrow is also like the woke quarterback. So he's getting like, you know, love on from at least certain circles of the Internet for his uh, his social media posts. His progress has been so dramatic. So obviously, like he came in, he was the number one overall pick. He was. I think I said, um, I, I could be wrong, but I think I said at the time that he was the highest I had been on any incoming quarterback since Peyton Manning. Like I was, I was, I was, I think not you as maybe high. said luck. No, I was luck. never a luck guy. I, I was, was always luck guy. Okay. Yeah. Fine. I was lower on luck than like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I said from the beginning, this is a guy who's going to retire after eight seasons. That one. <laughs> um, Burrow comes out. He has, in, in my opinion, a good rookie season. You know, people underestimate historically how bad rookie quarterbacks are. So I think people didn't appreciate how good he was. And also Justin Herbert was being insane, you know, was insane. And then also, her, you know, they were two and seven at the time of his injury. And then he's gone for the rest of the year. But then he comes back in year two. He takes a big step, but he still is throwing a lot of interceptions. And then the second half of the season, within the season, he took another dramatic step. Like from November, December, he went from like, you know, in a good above average, maybe top 10 quarterback to like legitimately a top three, like, you know, Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Yeah, you could really tell, like, right around the bye week, his knee started, he, he was moving a lot better in the pocket, and he didn't really have any mobility in the first half of the season. And so I think that allowed him to take that next step forward, and he played really, really well and stopped throwing as many interceptions. I think Akiva um, mentioned it like they had more big plays in the Chiefs. I think, weren't they number one in the league in 20-plus um, yard passes last year? Oh, Yeah. I think, it, I, I think it was a, by a decent margin. Too. Yeah. I mean, it also I mean, helps they have three legit receivers, which, you know, certainly the Chiefs don't have at this point and backers don't have. Well, I mean, listen, we were saying last year at this time, like, why did, you know, their offensive line is a complete disgrace. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Sewell's right there. 
why are they taking chase when they already have two good wide receivers? And then in the preseason, he couldn't catch anything. He had all these drops and it was like just the ball ass- was different. And he also like, hey, he hasn't played in two years. We, you know, also, we what was the total number of drops he had? Like four in a couple of preseason? Like, who cares? Right. Like, ultimately. but the ball was different. Quote was like an all time bad mojo quote. Yeah, like, I'm not used yeah to it was the college ball has the white has the yeah. white circles on it. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. not great. It doesn't. It almost it, it gives me slight like, uh, you know, to bring it back to the Vikings is, of course, I'm contractually obligated to do. The, the, the 98 Vikings are coming in with already an elite offense. Chris Carter and Jake Reed are Pro Bowl thousand yard wide receivers. And then they take you keep saying Moss. wide receiver. So weird. And you've never done it before. How do you how do I normally say you're saying receiver? like wide receiver and instead of wide receiver? Uh, OK, Zach, anyway, you noticing this, too? I did, not, it, right? I did not. I did not. OK, anyway, the point is they, they, a team that seemingly doesn't need a wide receiver already has two good ones, a wide receiver. I don't know. You're making me self-conscious. Second one was better. Yeah. Yeah. And then they brought him in and yeah, I mean, right now I would say like under 25 years old, other than quarterbacks, Chase and Justin Jefferson, you know, both LSU guys, obviously I have to, I think that they're, they're probably the two most valuable players in the NFL outside QBs. Yeah. I mean, Akiva, tell me who uh, under the age of 25, so I have um, I don't know what, what we'll be up to at this point in the record, but I'm working on something called NFL 500, which is ranking the 500 best players. I know it'll be done before the season starts, hopefully, but it is not done as we record now. But I do have everyone in tears, basically. Um, and so, yeah, obviously, Chase is basically my tears were uh, franchise players, of which I had um, only eight. And then and then sort of like, set, you know, the one level there, behind there, that. There are 32 franchises, though. Yeah, but to me, it's there aren't 32 franchise players like the Jets don't have a franchise player. You know? OK, sure. But all right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and is, then this is and, like the whole idiotic debate about ace pitchers. I always get it like right. definition no, of ace pitcher is like so then my guys. next thing is about is, is about 20, 25 guys who are, you know, like uh, I'd say like great. I would say they're great. They're not franchise level, but they're great. What most people probably call franchise level. But yeah, OK. Well, I don't think so. I don't think like Zach Martin, the guard for the Cowboys, is a franchise player. He's just well, that's just because of positional player. value. Well, that's what I'm. That's why. That's why I wouldn't call them that. Like the the top guys are the best quarterbacks and and a couple edge rushers. You know. Okay. Anyway, uh, so my studies with the Bengals were interesting because they have 14 guys on this list. Which, if you do the math, 32, 500 divided by 32, that's not great. That's a little below average. But all 14 guys I have as above average starters. Which, if you get into the 500s, is you know there's a lot of average starters in the NFL, basically. So, so you, you um, only have 14 out of 500, but they're 14 are all in the top like 250 or something. Yeah, all in the top 250. All 14 okay. are in the top 250. It is fully star scrubs. Like they do not have a, a player I would say is like average on the whole team. I also think, and Zach, tell me if I'm wrong. There's no reason to think this team won't be better. They add Leo Collins, who's been an excellent player for a long time. They really lose nobody besides Uzo- Uzoma, who, you know, is a fine tight end. But yeah. um, they replaced him with Hayden Hurst, who I think sneakily had like pretty decent numbers last year. And they're still kind of young. Like, I, I don't love Mixon, but I think they get one more year of him as, like a, as a fine starter. They still have the three receivers. And I think it's reasonable that the offensive line should be much better. They lost almost nobody on the defense and they drafted five defensive players who aren't even, you know, uh, starting. But any of them could, in theory, step up like Dax Hill who they drafted in the first round. So this team, in my opinion, like objectively has to be better than it was last year. It doesn't mean they'll make the Super Bowl because that is very hard to do. You have to win three games just to make it. But uh, Zach, is are you like along the same lines? Like this team sort of has to be better than last year. Oh, on paper, it, it definitely should be. Our, our biggest weakness was our offensive line. And we went out and got three starting caliber offensive lines, including like maybe one 
they consider a great. Did you see? Did you see the Jackson Carmen thing today? Terrible story. It came out uh, around the draft, so mm-hmm. it, it hit more like Cincinnati news around the draft. It's just today, Mike Brown had an interview and yeah. he addressed it in the interview that so, the Bengals were aware of it during the draft and decided to draft him anyways and understand. And their justification was it happened a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So Alex, if you're not familiar, like Jackson Carmen, their second year guard, uh, basically accused of doing like you know one of if not the worst thing you possibly do. And and yeah, Mike Brown's like, well, it was a while ago. Uh, but he was 18. The woman was 15. And um, uh, so, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen now, but like, I feel like sometimes calling media attention to this makes the league have to act. I'm not sure. I don't I don't know what happens, but it's, you know, pretty like at least icky to have him in the starting lineup, I think, at this point. Well, how long and, ago did this happen? Because, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, you mentioned Tyler was, Hill before, like there's a lot of guys with with very dark college past. Well, so. he's he's probably about 23 since he's second. It was his freshman so year, sophomore year of college. Yeah, so I don't think I don't I don't I don't see why the league would do something about something that happened five years before the guy was in the league. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't know how much more is being made available publicly known today. He's 22, so it's four years ago. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, they haven't even anyway, decided anything they, as we're talking in, in July. They haven't decided about Deshaun Watson yet. So, yeah, uh, they did draft a guard. So they do have a little bit of depth there. And also he's that's the one position left guard that is the position battle on the offense line. The other four starters are pretty set and we have about four to five guys going to be competing for that one. Start. Okay. All right. So maybe, it, it, maybe. Yeah. Well, let, let's anyway. come back to my under 25 question from before. Cause I just noticed the NFL.com just posted. And again, we are recording on July 25th at 3 PM. Mm-hmm. They yeah. just Alex's idea in case this is like, well, like the Bengals trade to- burrow and it's, you know, yeah, well, and the Bengals like, well, are, why would I listen to this episode? The Bengals, the Bengals are as like, stable a team. Bengals like traded Burrow and Chase for well, they're uh, returning you know. literally all 11 starters on defense. I think like mm-hmm. this is as uh, stable a team. To what think. if Burrow, like, like God forbid, like gets hurt? Like we have to re-record this whole okay, thing. Then you know? we'll record it. OK, fine. I don't. Well, you want to do 33 podcasts in 30 <laughs> days? It's so many. <laughs> uh, anyway, should be figuring out ways to do less. The NFL literally just an hour and a half ago just dropped the 2022 all under 25 team. Okay. Okay. Let's go over it. So yeah. you tell me who. Okay. So starting quarterback, it's it's by position. So you know they don't listen. Yeah. So Justin Herbert, obviously more valuable than anybody. The running yeah. backs, we don't care about. You know they'll be out of the league in three years. Uh, receivers, Jefferson and Chase, we mentioned, and then DK Metcalf and Kyle Pitts. Neither one of those two are as valuable as, no. as Jefferson and Chase. Not even. Close. Um, the the tackles, Rashawn Slater, who had a great rookie season, and Tristan Wirfs. Uh, you know. Slater, not yet. Maybe worse. You could make it. Ar- I mean, it's, they're both very hard. good, but I do think there's plenty of. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. If very future, good. Not Hall of Fame level. Like Jefferson there. and Chase. And they've only played two in one years, respectively. Yeah. And but like, you know, right. If they're more than 50 percent likely to make the Hall of Fame right now, you would. Mm, it's hard. It's hard. You got to you got to stay relevant for a long time. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I feel slightly more confident in Jefferson just because he has two years versus one year. But yeah, I yeah. Mean, the, let me put it this way. Their Hall of Fame odds are stronger than Tristan Wirfs right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the interior linemen, obviously none of them. Uh, the edge rushers, Nick Bosa and Brian Burns. Bosa is the only one I think you could even possibly compare to those two receivers. And he's already 24. So he's also one or two years older than them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, there's no other. And then the yeah, and Bosa, I think, had like a slight down year last year also. A little bit worse than the year before. Yeah. Um, another bang on the team, Evan McPherson, their kicker, by the way. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm standing by. I think th- th- those are the two most valuable. Uh, uh, great times for LSU. Well, actually, not the real LSU team, but great time for LSU guys in the NFL anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's talk about the Super Bowl hangover for a second, Zach. So, you know, it is a real thing. A third of Super Bowl losers don't make the playoffs at all the next year. Uh, since the undefeated Dolphins, which is over half a century ago, only once has a team lost the Super Bowl and then won it the next year. That was the Pats in 2018. So, like, there, there is real concern there. 
Um, and, and also, you know, to be fair, we have to acknowledge the fact that like, you know, the Bengals did thread an extraordinarily narrow needle, like throughout the playoffs, right? Like the Raiders were a few yards away from beating them in the first round, the Tannehill pick at the end of the second game, you know, you know, almost they could have lost that game. We'll never know what happened to the chiefs, um, in the second half and overtime, like their offense in the AFC championship game. I, I still have no, like that, that is like the, the, the sun's collapse against Dallas. I just don't understand what happened there at all. Um, so, I mean, you know, as Akiva said, you can be better and still not come close to the Super Bowl, right? Because this team, they're young and up and coming. They've lost nobody returning everybody. Like the only new starters are on the offensive line, which is the biggest weak spot of the team. So like, you know, it, it seems a very likely scenario. Well, this team is better. Maybe they win more than 10 games, but that doesn't mean that they're going to end up with the same playoff success. Yeah. I mean, the, that's the biggest fear probably around Cincinnati is what is a, it, there hasn't been success from the Super Bowl losers um, in recent, in recent history. And all I can say is there's still like, I think there's a lot of popularity around the team, but there's a lot of people who are saying that our run was a fluke. Like we barely, we got lucky, easy path, you know, or a meltdown, whatever it was that, you know, then the matting grade just came out and a lot of Bengals got low grades and the team as a whole didn't get, you know, didn't have the highest grade in the division. Only 14 guys on Keeves 500 list. Yeah, that was, <laughs> they were disrespected by that. Yeah. And we're still Cincinnati. We still have, you know, chip on our shoulders. Nobody so. believed in you. And no but, one still does. Um, they do, but they don't. They believe in Burrow, but I don't know if they believe in the team. Well, but can uh, I propose like, you know, to bring the Chiefs up again as another example, like because you have this extraordinarily fortunate circumstance of a super duper star quarterback, very young, and, you know, a bunch of other young studs, you know, all over the team. It's almost like this year is less, it's not that it's not important, but like assuming that they have a decent season, even if they lose in the playoffs, assuming that they win, you know, double digit games and Burrow looks like himself and Chase looks like himself, et cetera, you're probably lined up for at least a half decade of relevance. So it's not like you're not in like a win now mentality, the way like a lot of those Super Bowl losers are teams that like, you know, that was their ceiling. And then, you know, they're downhill from there. But like the Bengals could still be as good or better in 2022 and 2023 and 2024. Yeah. And I think that's what we've been talking about. Is this team better than last year's team? I don't know if we always have that conversation about the Super Bowl loser. Like most of the time you're losing all the, you know, you're losing the, the guy who's on the rookie contract that left in you know, or, or didn't get renewed or demanded a trade because they wanted more money. We didn't, we're, we're, a better version of ourselves from last year. So we're set up really well for the success for the future. You know, we still got Burrow for a few years locked in before his big deal and chase and even Higgins to an extent and Boyd's under contract. So all these guys are that we're talking about that are relevant are all under contract too, for the next couple of years. So their chemistry's continued and yeah, I think we, we can only get better, but Bur Burrow's going to make a half. He's going to get a half a billion dollar contract. Absolutely. Um, can I, well, who knows? Maybe Mike Brown is like too cheap and won't do it. Can I, um, uh, introduce a game that I would like to do in every episode, Alex? Like for people who don't know, Alex, sure, I drafted we, we, we've been so, hearing this for the last 20 episodes already. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For people who don't know, this is the first one they're tuning in. Alex and I, uh, split up the team. So some episodes, it'll just be Nina guests. Some episodes will be Alex and guests. Then as often as possible, we will join forces. Anyway, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. The coach's confidence ranking. I'd like. We haven't talked about Zach Taylor at all. It is weird. You have a team that is, you know, a blue blood right now in the AFC, coming off a narrow Super Bowl defeat. And then you look at their head coach's career record, and it's like 1837 and one or something insane like that. 
Um, well, you may remember Akiva in the yeah. 2021 preseason. Yes. I predicted him to be coach of the year. Yes. I was just one year off. <laughs> um, so, Zach, can you give us on a scale of zero to ten your confidence ranking and an explanation why for Zach, for Zach Taylor, your namesake? Um, I'd say an eight. Um, we're pretty confident in him. He's really changed like the culture around the team and the mentality. Like even last year when we were coming off of a poor season the year before, he really got with the players like Burrow and Bates and, and Boyd and got them to get the team together. Everybody showed up to, you know, the optional practices and had the mentality of we haven't earned the right to not show up. Most everybody showed up this year. He get the guys always vouch for him. They, they, they love him when there was like, should we get rid of him? They all came out for him. So they, the players will play for him. Uh, the reason it's not a 10, I still think our offensive play calling could be a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. I don't always think his play calling is ideal. He calls the plays, not Bill, Bill Callahan, uh, Brian Callahan. Brian, uh, oh, sorry. Bill Callahan is Brian's dad. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, Zach calls all the, the plays. Um, and so I, mean, I mentioned the chiefs uh, second half swing in the AFC championship game. The Bengals offense in the second half of the Super Bowl did not look very good either. Yeah, it was our first time all season. We went five straight drives to score um, to lose. Um, and do, is there an explanation for that or, you know, just bad luck at the worst time? I mean, our, our, Aaron Donald. our hair, our head, uh, our head coach took the blame. He said he should have called better plays, put the guys in a better position. Um, I, a lot of people like you can you can nitpick everything. If it works, then we went to talk about it. The third down run got stuffed when we could have put the ball in Burroughs hands twice. Um, but like also on that last play, like chase was wide open. So he had a good play call. It just, the offensive line didn't hold up. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Donald took over the game, I think is, is the, the, the truth. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of confidence in uh, coach Taylor. Um, just, I, hopefully the, the offensive play calls continue to get better. Um and not get stagnant. There was a lot of drives for a while in the season that ended in field goals instead of touchdowns. Our red zone offense wasn't the best. The only reason I think Burrow had great touchdown numbers, a lot of them were 20 plus yard touchdowns. Um, so just we need, we, we can improve and get better in the red zone and just offense play call in general. Uh, Alex, you ready for another segment? A segment. Yeah. Bring me a segment. It's called rookie report. Hmm. Uh, Zach, what which rookie in particular doesn't have to be the first round pick? Are you most excited to see on the field? Who is uh, you know, who do you think has maybe the longest term potential? So, you know, you give us a, and talk first... as if you've already seen them play a preseason game. Or two. Yeah, ideally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've not seen them play. Um, it's interesting. All of our starters are back, so none of them are going to mm-hmm. really. Yes. Be that well, relevant. that's a sign of a good team, right? You don't have any rookie starting, whereas teams like the I mean, Jets and never the Giants. Happens. It's crazy. What? That a team is starts zero rookies like that's incredible. Um, no, I, I there's a there's some stacked teams. First of all, I'm the Patriots have years where they you know don't pick until I don't know if the Bucks started yeah. one last year either. Uh, yeah, I, no, there is some good teams. See, we do root for a mediocre team and I root for a horrible team. The really good teams, like it's very hard to crack those lineups, Alex. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, I but to answer your uh, question, uh, we drafted in the second round. Um, Cam Taylor Britt, I think is how you say it, right? Mm, Um, So if there is a starter that can be overcome, one of them is Eli Apple. Yeah. Um, Gets a lot of hate, but if you actually look at his numbers, he didn't have a terrible season. He he did pretty decent for a while. I think it's more his personality. Uh, Yes, absolutely. And so um, I think he is who someone we're all really excited about. See if he can maybe break the starting lineup and be that, you know, 
outside cornerback to start. Um, so I'd say him. And then Jesse Bates is supposed to come and play. You know, he could hold out and decide not to, but all the conversations are he's been in talks with the team. He's still planning on playing. Um, he's on a franchise tag. Um, but Dax Hill, first round pick, he's just a, seems like a playmaker, seems like a guy who can make a difference. And if we do get Jesse Bates in a long-term contract, him and uh, Jesse Bates would be a really fun uh, safety duo. I wouldn't want to be a safety holding out right now. I do think there's, you know, I know Bates is a good player, but I think like the Bengals might not budge there. Yeah. Do you, I I thought he was going to play out the year and then go sign a contract somewhere else. You think the Bengals, uh, he might sign a deal with the Bengals? Um, Every day that he doesn't, we're getting less and less optimistic about it. If you like in the media, if you're reading on Twitter, but the Bengals still have an offer out there for him. It's just whether he wants it or not. I don't think we'll budge the dollar amount because we see, Higgins contract coming up and we want to, I think we're prioritizing. Yeah. You're going to have to, I mean, if you didn't have to pay anybody this year, you're going to have to pay, you know, a bunch of, you have a lot of good players. You're going to have to pay. Well, uh, and they, they all, I mean, they did spend a lot. I mean, they, they signed, they added three veterans to the offensive line. Yeah. Collins is guaranteed money. Kappa, Karras. Um, I mean, let, let's talk about the offensive line for a second. So obviously disaster last year, especially in the playoff sack, like 14 times or whatever. Um, so they had Collins, they had uh, guard Alex Kappa uh, center. Tech. I think was Burrow sacked more than anybody in history or something like that, including the playoffs. No, because he was sacked 51 times in the regular season. David mm-hmm. Carr was sacked, I think, 76 times. Yeah, season. there is. There is a stat that's so that was more sacks in but... 16 games than, than Burrow yeah. took in, in 21 yeah. games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you know, again, we haven't we're recording this in July, so you haven't really got to see them too much. But what is the expectation with three new guys on the offensive line gelling that in time to see real improvement there? Well, you're you're hoping with veterans that they can kind of come in and work together better They're, um So there's that the issue that we have now is that Collins is got a back injury in July. So he's going to be fine for the season, but he's going to miss a lot of the reps between now and the season. And, uh, and so, you know, and then Alex Kappa has an injury, had had to get a procedure done. So he's out for a little bit. So they're going to miss the time when they can really develop the chemistry. So you're really hoping that these guys come in and, and develop the chemistry. The nice thing is it's, it's isolated to the right side of the line with two veterans coming in versus the left side of the line, which they'll be able to work through, uh, with, you know, uh, the center. And- uh, can, can I ask you a question? We had a debate about this in April, like even I. <laughs> okay. Can Jonah Williams play guard? Can he? Yeah. <laughs> I think we like. We I think we like him at. I think they like him at tackle better. But. Can you remember that debate? Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. Um. All right. Yeah. So I was. You know, I'm thinking about about this team. First of all, I'll give you. I'll give you my top ten. You could. You could tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay. This is top ten based only on value for the upcoming season, meaning, you know, how I think, how relevant, how useful they'll be for this year, if this was MVP standings from 1 to 500, basically. So Burrow 1, Chase 2, T. Higgins 3, Lael Collins 4, Trey Hendrickson 5, Mixon 6, Reader 7, Boyd 8, Jonah Williams 9, Sam Hubbard 10. Why is the right tackle more valuable than the left tackle? Uh, he's just the uh, Lael Collins is just like, you know, a long time star. So is that list like the their success greatly impacts our success or our top 10 players? I think top 10 players, but for this year, okay. not like long term. Uh, I, I mean, you could you could argue different things. Did you say I don't did where did you put Jesse Bates on that? 
Yeah, well, I, I, you know, Bates holding out, I did drop him down a little bit. Um, he's he's he would be eleventh there. Yeah, I think he's I think, a little bit overrated, honestly, as a safety. I think like I mean, I think you're way overrating Lyle Collins. Like, I don't know why longtime star like he was like one of the least. I mean, he was on an extremely good offensive line. He was one of the least valuable players on the Cowboys offensive line, which was good. He's not a star. He's never sniffed a Pro Bowl like, you know. I think you're overrating him a little bit. OK. I mean, I'm not saying he's uh, he's obviously a vast improvement, right? But yeah, I mean, he got 20 million dollars in the offseason. Like how many of those guys would get? Uh, you know, more than twenty million dollars. I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty common for a free agent starter offensive lineman to get contracts like that, even if they're not that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we overpay. I don't think that contract was like an overpaid. No, I don't think so. I also think really whatever you know, people are a little you know have always been a little skeptical on him since his uh, weed smoking draft day debacle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just found it so interesting, and and I also uh, I really did you know crunch numbers for every player in the five hundred and. About 200 after. Unfortunately, I didn't write notes when I was doing it. So mm, some of it's for memory. Right. Um, but uh, Shadobi Awuze, my my team sleeper, Shadobi Awuze, of the 20 players league wide who were targeted 90 times, Awuze had the lowest um, uh, yards per completion of all 20 guys who were targeted 90 times. Yeah, it's self-selective yeah. of guys who are targeted a lot because they're not that great. Yep, I mean that's fair, but nine point three is a is like a running back number. It's a very low number. And he was and it was noticeable when he wasn't on the field. He he really was locked down last year. He had a really strong season, um, and he's like unsung hero. I think one of our best players that isn't talked about. Um, and I think there's moments like that is why we still have an opportunity to get better. Is because there's still guys who feel like they're not getting any like love. It's all going to like Chase and Higgins and. Burrow and then our star cornerback, our starting quarterbacks aren't even being spoken about. And if it is, it's about Eli Apple and his feuds. And I mean, and they me, were great last year. To me, the star on the defense, uh, other than Bates, maybe, is Hendrickson, who gets a big contract last year coming off. You know, he had a good year in New Orleans in 2020. It was like his first year as a starter, basically his first year doing anything. And he converts it into a big guaranteed contract. And it looked like an overpay. And then he had a career year. He made a Pro Bowl. He had career high in sacks and, and, you know, pressures and everything. If he can repeat that, that seems like that would be, you know, incredible value because this defense is is not great, but they're solid. But they need him to perform at a Pro Bowl level to sort of maintain that level, I think. Yeah, I think what our defense is lacking in that, like, superstar talent, like the Aaron, we don't have an Aaron Donald. We have a lot of really solid defensemen. And I think we have a few that are maybe above that. And, and Trey is one of them. I think Logan Wilson's emerging linebacker is he's a great coverage guy and he can, he's a strong tackler. Um, he's coming into his own. I think DJ reader, he's just had a non-value position at nose tackle, but he is, he's incredible. He, you know, stops the run. He can get after the quarterback when he's in for it. Um, so we have some, you know, guys on defense who can really pop and play really, really well. We don't have a, a glaring weakness um, on defense, which is why it's a solid defense. Wheels yeah, I mean, Hend- Hendrickson really is like the pass rusher. He had a 30 year sacks last year, 14 and 42. Like there without him, like you said, there's a lot of solid above average starters, but really he's the only one even yeah. assembling a star, which is fine. If you have a top five QB and a top two receiver and lots of other good players like you only need to, you know, they only need to have an above average defense. They don't need and then, that team. And then a player we're getting back, he was a third round pick last year, Joseph Asai. He got hurt in uh, preseason 
and he was having like the most incredible preseason last year. So we do feel like it's hard to bank on a third round pick who missed an entire season from an injury to come on in, but he was looking like a really strong pass rusher to, you know, come in on third downs. So we're, there's a lot of buzz around him coming back. By the way, Alex, um, you know, I mentioned the Bengals had 42 sacks is a bit above average. A lot of teams are in the high and mid thirties. Your Vikings um, were at 51 second of the league. The second lowest number was 29 sacks for the Eagles. The Falcons somehow had 18 sacks in 17 games, fewer than a couple players. It's impossible. Yeah, there was a stat midway through the season where they were, even, I think, did they have like a, a couple, like a few in December? I think they might have even been lower. Yeah, I think they got out at the end. Like, that's an unbelievable number. 18 sacks is uh, is shocking. Anyway. I think I think we're going to get the bomb blast in a minute. So, yeah, you, you should we try and do like about? should we try and do like a super fast schedule game? We How much time do we have? I don't know. We might have like a minute. So, Zach, just give us quick wins and losses. Uh, week one versus Pittsburgh. Uh, when week two at Dallas. When at the Jets. When home for Miami on a Thursday. I think we'll beat the Dolphins at Baltimore. I think we're going to lose. That'll be our letdown at New Orleans. When All right, five and one Falcons. When at Cleveland. Uh, we always lose to Cleveland. And then uh, home versus Carolina. We'll win. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.